0: The Beulah Girl Podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hey, everybody, it's Susie and Carol again from the Daily Grind Coffee House in Marietta. We love the ambient sounds of door slamming, coffee grinding. <laughs> Anytime we're together, we're here at this special place that we meet and record. So, welcome into this time with us. Um, we're here from BeulahGirl.com. So, as you heard in the intro, when you want to find these written resources because I know a lot of times we're listening to the podcast in our car or on the way and you're like, wait a minute, I really like that story. Where was that? You can always go to buellergirl.com, and the week that you see the podcast posted, you're also going to see the corresponding blog post. So so excited to get to interview my friend Carol again today. And this week we're starting a three part series on rejection. There's going to be some Mother's Day kind of in between that. Um, But we're recording here today and talking about rejection, which is certainly something that we as women, I think, feel more keenly than even men do sometimes. And so I wanna ask you, Carol, first of all, how do we get trapped in a cycle of rejection? Right, well,
1: before I get into how we get trapped, let's just talk for a minute, going back to your statement about rejection. And I do agree with you that I think women feel rejection even more so than men, and that I believe that women, particularly, both men and women can get trapped in a cycle of rejection, but I think for women, because we're so relational and because we feel things so deeply, so emotional. <laughs> yes, yeah, so emotional, that we can, I think, easily get trapped in a, a cycle of rejection if we're not careful. And one of the things I talk about in the beginning of my article is that rejection is perhaps the deepest pain that we can feel as humans, that we're made to be. Relational beings that God is a God of love. He has made us to love others and desire to be loved and accepted And so when we don't love others um, or I'm sorry, we don't feel love um, from others or we feel rejected that that is actually they've done studies and that rejection actually can can be the same feeling and have the same impact on your body as a physical pain and um, when I was going through just some education classes both you and I are education majors. We've kind of moved on into instructional technology. But I was um, a secondary English education major and one of my classes I had to take in college was a child development class. And one of the interesting studies that we learned about in child development was just a study that I don't remember the exact, Person who performed it. And I've since done some research on my own, and they're actually, um, I believe, right around World War II, there were actually um, a psych- two psychoanalysts, John Bowlby and Renee Spitz, that observed orphan children in World War II. And I believe that this may have been the study that was in my child development book, but I read about this study when I was in child development, and it was of these infants. And they were basically separating two groups. and I think it was in an orphanage, though so it may have been one of these psychoanalysts that did the study. but they were separated in two groups, and the group of infants, um, one group of infants was fed, was cared for, given everything, but they were put in a totally sterile, loveless environment. They weren't nurtured, they weren't loved on, they weren't cuddled, they didn't have that human contact the other group of infants was fed, cared for, also put in an environment where they had their needs cared for, but they did have the love. And what I don't think anybody was expecting with the study, they had to to stop it if I, um and I you know, at least in the United States you cannot do studies like this any longer. <laughs> God, yeah. But the one group of infants that was deprived of human contact, they, they died. Like they started dying. They had to stop the study.
0: Like that failure to thrive syndrome. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And since then Um, And I'll actually put up the link, but I was just doing some research before this, but there is since that, those um, studies that were done or that particular study, there have been more studies not where they deprived infants of love, but just more studies on the impact of human touch. And, you know, it's a well-known fact that infants or children that are deprived of human touch or human love that that they can have severe um, delays in development mm. mental development and so forth and in in some cases they can if there's no human contact at all they can die that their immune systems can be really compromised they really really need the interaction so i start with that in my article to say that you know we are we're really really designed to be connected to other people so when we're rejected we do feel it physically i yeah. mean it's just I mean, Susie, I can recall, and perhaps you can too, where individuals have done something towards me where it's literally like I felt like they punched me in the stomach. Mm -hmm. You get that email or someone hands you a letter or someone says that comment sort of off the cuff where you realize you're the brunt of a joke or you realize all of a sudden that they're making fun of you. And it literally is just a physical, you just get sick to your stomach or you feel like, you know you just got punched in the gut so it's a strong strong emotion and one of the other things um, just the the feelings of fear and abandonment and just feeling left out can just be so strong and one of the other things I talk about in the beginning of my article is just this idea that rejection is so such that that is really you know something that can lead to such feelings of anger that it has really been the motive um, you know, behind some of the horrific things that have happened in our country. Like for right. school shootings, if you look at some of those school shootings and the individuals who committed those crimes, of course, they were completely in the wrong for what they did. But if you look back at kind of the complete picture, those individuals, somewhere along the way, they were extremely rejected. Yeah. And they something in them said, I must have a voice. I will not allow this to happen to me. Mm -hmm. Or you're not gonna get away with this. And a lot of times what they, you know, in the shooting that they did, it was in retaliation against the individuals that hurt them. And so it's in that place when we're rejected that Susie in us, something in us rises and says, someone is gonna pay for this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get a payback. Someone's gonna pay for how I feel or the person who hurt me is and so it's in that place of rejection that we can so easily get trapped in um, a cycle of rejection, which I'm going to be talking about in a moment. Um, but before that, I, I do want to just go ahead and talk about two individuals in the Bible who suffer from rejection. And
0: and as you're getting there, Carol, I wanted to say too that. I feel like the other outcome that we can have of severe rejection or rejection that repeatedly happens over time is it starts to form thoughts in our mind where we can't distinguish and you and I talked about this in an an episode we recorded before but um, it starts to form thoughts where we can't even distinguish is this me like those those rejections start to form what we think of ourselves not just what other people think of us and it just can be Um, where we it it maybe even can cause like a mental illness in a way you know so certainly people who have committed these atrocities have to have some kind of mental illness so it can so you know where we heard that the babies had you know died but it it kills I guess who who we were meant to be in the world and it really has to be something I know you're gonna help us in just a minute to break out of that or address that cycle of rejection because with the Lord's help is the only way that we can choose a different path besides anger, besides retaliation, besides extreme um, negativity towards ourselves and low self-esteem, you know. So, yeah, go ahead and tell us about, you know, we're hearing modern examples, but I know and you know that the Bible really, there's no new thing under the sun. Is that like Ecclesiastes? There's nothing new under the sun. And so um, all these rejections that are happening now have happened before. And so tell us about two people in the Bible who you feel like, did show signs of or were rejected right so I'm gonna to get to those two individuals but I just want to go back to your point
1: of rejection really can impact our thoughts um, that was something I talked a little bit about in a previous article that I just posted and it's about yes when we feel rejected unfortunately we can often turn what others have said about us um, and we can turn that inward and begin to really to really feel poorly about ourselves. And I never thought about that as a sinful response to rejection. Right. But that is actually a way that is an ungodly response to rejection because God wants us to accept ourselves. And that's not so that we can skip around and just <laughs> be like, ooh, you know, we're, we're loved by God. I mean, <laughs> yes, he wants us to have those feelings, but how we view ourselves impacts how we view God, Yeah. how we interact with
0: relationships. It literally impacts everything. And how people want to know God because of us. Nobody wants to know a depressing, pitiful God, you know, and if they feel like, well, she's a Christian, she acts miserable, you know, that kind of a situation too.
1: Right, and a negative self-image goes against the truth of what it says in Scripture about who we truly are. Right. And um, so if you are interested in learning more about that, check out my previous um, article, and it's just um, about healing low self-worth and wounds of rejection. That's actually the name of it. But back to the individuals in the Bible who suffered from rejection. One of the most vivid examples to me of someone who experienced rejection in the Bible um, was Leah. And her story is in Genesis 29. And I love Leah because I think as a woman that all of us can relate to being the one that isn't wanted or chosen.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: that's what Leah's story tells us. Leah was the sister, the less pretty sister. Mm -hmm. Um, She was the one that was not desired by Jacob Jacob saw her sister Rachel he immediately wanted Rachel he was so in love with Rachel he was willing to work seven years for her and it says in the Bible that the seven years flew by so fast for him that it it wasn't a big deal because he loved her that much and he was willing to do anything for Rachel but on his wedding night his father-in-law tricked him apparently in those times you can look into those particular times but marriage was a little bit different and the bride was presented to the groom they would go into the room often the family would be you'd have to look up the exact details yeah (laughs) the family is like in this. you know the same vicinity yeah um but anyway jacob discovers that he in fact was given leah not her sister and he immediately talks to his father-in-law about that demands the wife he was supposed to have which is Rachel and he is eventually given Rachel after the you know his father-in-law gets him to work a little bit more for him Um, but Leah is stuck in this relationship with her sister they're both they both marry him and she is the the less loved or the one really not loved at all and she has no way of getting out of this relationship or you know pushing her sister out they're both in 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 a marriage relationship and so leah she does what many of us do when we feel rejected um, she tries really hard to get the person who's rejecting her to accept her. Yeah, And so she gets in this cycle of what I call striving where she begins just bearing sons and in that particular time period um, there was a lot of value particularly on having sons and on having children and multiple children and she Is able to bear children whereas her sister Rachel can't bear children right away and so immediately she starts bearing sons and after each one she says okay surely my husband will love me now surely my husband will be attached to me surely he'll you know he'll pay attention but there's a shift if you look at verse 35 of Genesis 29 after her fourth son so she goes through three sons and then finally at the fourth one she says this time i will praise the lord there's no mention of now my husband will love me or at last my husband will be attached and so it's possible at this point that she was learning how to get her approval not from her husband and trying to earn it through her actions but she was just content to be. Uh, you know loved by God and approved by God now I'm not saying that it's wrong to want our husbands to love us or get approval, but when we're caught in a cycle where We are doing things just to get someone to like us. Right. and it's literally consuming our entire life Then that's kind of getting on an unhealthy unhealthy there and we really can't force someone to like us mm-hmm. or you know what you'll find is that you really you know when you try to force someone like Leah is doing here when you try to force someone's feelings or you'll see that you really can't and you are going to be the one that's stressed out they are going to be just fine <laughs> unfortunately right yeah so she does get into this cycle of striving but we see that that she does stop after her fourth child um, but her rivalry with her sister sort of does still continue after that Similarly, in the story of Zacchaeus, um, now I'm taking great liberties with the story, so again, read what's there in the Bible. I'm drawing some conclusions based on the information that's given us, but I'm taking great liberty with the story. Um, You have to read it and kind of see what you think of it, but Zacchaeus was also someone who was rejected. He was rejected due to the fact that he was cheating people in his community, and he was hated. He was a tax collector, and he was hated. He was getting rich. From he would be skimming some extra, charging people extra, and taking the profits. And it doesn't tell us this expressly in the story, but it's possible that Zacchaeus that he was rejected long before he was cheating people. It says in the story sort of this odd detail that he was short. Mm. Now this may have been just to give us this detail to you know in the story he climbs up a tree to see Jesus. Maybe that's the only reason. But maybe I mean. You know, I know this from being mercilessly teased when I was little because I was very thin. If you have something about yourself that people can really pick out, right. like you're really thin or you're really short or you have a really huge, you know, huge <laughs> nose that people, you know, whatever it is that people pick out, then that can be something that can make you feel like you're defective or flawed. I know that there were just a handful of comments from people at school that would say things like you're anorexic and don't you ever eat or and I really felt like I was a disease like I was very sensitive to those comments and I ate a lot of food but it just we were my parents ate very healthy food and my parents are just don't have the bone structure you know they're just both fairly thin themselves so that made me feel like a disease when I was younger and Zacchaeus it's possible he was very short maybe people make fun of him we don't really know, but we do know that um, that he was he was rejected by his community to the point that many people did not want Jesus to go after his house because they considered him too much of a sinner for Jesus to even
0: have. Like you said, they considered him a disease. You're yes. going to get infected by this sin. Right.
1: <laughs> so both of these individuals I mentioned show us how painful rejection is. But they also show us that people who are rejected, it's not like they don't have sin. Often, when we're rejected, we see ourselves as victims, but we don't see that we can also sin in retaliation Mm -hmm. or in response. We see that Leah, she really was striving so hard. Striving can be not a good thing, right? Because we're attempting through our own human efforts to attain something, and it can really take an unhealthy hold over our life. Zacchaeus. Um, similarly again was in a cycle of cheating people maybe because he respected maybe had nothing to do with that however um, they were both caught in a cycle of sin and in the case of Leah she got caught in a cycle of approval seeking um, she was looking to her husband for the source but she finally broke that cycle when she began looking to God and Zacchaeus broke his pattern of sin really when he repented and, and offered to pay restitution to the people who um, he had cheated and um, decided to change
0: his his lifestyle. So so it's not just us today that maybe are kind of messed up and are striving. And I think of um I think of that song. No, I'm not going to sing it. But Whitney Houston. Oh my gosh, I loved her as a kid. I'm, I always paused when I taught high school. We paused a minute, a moment of silence for the late great Whitney Houston. Like if I was just playing music while they were working or something. And I think of her song that I knew completely by the age of four, The Greatest Love of All. Um, I don't think loving yourself is the greatest love of all. Hello, Jesus. (laughs) But I do think it's maybe the hardest love of all because once you are rejected, you again are forming those opinions and you're maybe taking it further and acting out in ways that you're gonna talk about even can make people reject us more. So um, you're gonna give us a little intro to what Mike Riches, who it's a book we studied together on the leadership team at Beulah Girl, um, he wrote a book called Living Free, and it was a lot about, you know, healing uh, scars that maybe you didn't even realize were there, you know, from years of different behaviors, different family situations, or whatever. But um, one of the things he mentions is the cycle of rejection. So, what would you share with us about that? Right.
1: So, I have mentioned individuals in the Bible that were rejected that got sort of caught up in ungodly sin patterns. Maybe in the case of Zacchaeus, we we don't know if it was due to his rejection, but they definitely were caught up in some ungodly sin patterns. The type of cycle of, of sin that it talks about in Mike Rich's book is interesting. He just talks about the idea that often in a rejection, we give the enemy access in our lives because in our anger, we turn to ungodly reactions or fleshly coping mechanisms to deal with our pain. When to, I talked really about two things in my last episode, but I think particularly in our rejection, we have the temptation in our anger to retaliate against the, the people who have hurt us. Yeah. Or I think in our anger sometimes, especially for a more passive person, we may, as you mentioned, really have that temptation to turn those negative things that have been said about us or that rejection, rejection inward. And we don't think about that as an ungodly response, that can be so damaging to our physical health and our emotional health and God doesn't want us to take the opinions of others and base that base what we feel about ourselves on what others have said or done or what we perceive sometimes it's just a perception right it's not even accurate we can feel like someone's rejecting us and we don't it's paranoia sometimes perception (laughs)
0: yeah
1: right but It's so important when we feel rejected or when we actually, you know, someone says that thing that it's so obvious. I mean, we are being rejected. Yeah. That in our anger, we do not sin and give a foothold to the enemy. It talks about that in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. When we allow our anger to fester over rejection and we don't resolve that anger, we don't turn to God for healing, we um, we don't attempt to forgive the people or work through it we give territory to the enemy when we instead turn to ungodly reactions and these might mean lashing out at the person in anger gossiping about the person talking maliciously about them Um, when we do those things we open our lives to the enemy and then continue to give him space to operate by developing patterns of thinking and behavior that can become stronghold so we can literally like you were saying with negatively thinking about ourselves when we face rejection we can give a foothold by beginning to have negative thoughts but if we let those continue it goes from being like a plate a foothold where, yeah. where satan just has a foot in the door so to speak yeah. to literally a pattern of behavior that begins to have a hold on us and becomes a stronghold to the point that it, it now is becoming an obstacle if you can think of one of the things my just talks about if you can think of a stream and your ungodly reactions being like those stones that begin to Block up the flow of, of water, or yeah. the, work, the work of the Holy Spirit, and like those little, and so Satan, he knows that he wants to get us to seize on those offenses and seize on those rejections, because he knows that they can prove to be obstacles. So, let me tell you what Mike Richards defines. He calls it the offense cycle. I'm calling it the rejection cycle. Kind of the same thing. Number one in the cycle is we are rejected. We experience a hurt. Number two. We are falling in a cycle. In our anger, we react in ungodly ways. Number three, in the cycles, by acting in wrong ways, we give what he calls topos to the enemy. And that's just a Greek word he's taking from that Ephesians verse I gave you, the yeah. world, a place of access. Number four, our ungodly behavior, whether it be bitterness, anger, resentment, negative thoughts, causes more rejection. I'll talk about that in a minute. And then number five, when we're rejected again, we react in ungodly ways so what's so important about the cycle and what has been so mind-blowing for me to learn when we react in ungodly ways we give Satan access in our lives he then has more influence over us if you've ever felt like i can't stop thinking about this or i just can't stop acting this way even when i want to that may be a pattern of behavior that has developed and you can um you can You know, stop that behavior in life by repenting. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Repenting and turning away from it. But if you've ever just felt controlled, like your thoughts, it's just racing, uh, like thoughts of unforgiveness and things, then that's really what it's talking about. And when we have ungodly reactions, it influences us to the point that we become someone, if we're not careful, and we don't immediately repent of that area and get that area closed up, so to speak. We become someone that becomes rejected more because we're acting in nasty ways. It's like a
0: self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. The more I believe I am this, I'm becoming this.
1: Right. And we're acting in ways that cause more rejection. And then because we're acting maybe bitter or super angry or whatever it is, then we get rejected again. And then the cycle continues. And then all of a sudden, we're getting rejected all over the place. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand our role in it we think you know everyone's out to get me i'm the victim you know and what michael just talks about is that we often see ourselves as the victim but with it's only with the help of the holy spirit and coming to him allowing him to pierce through our defense mechanisms open up ourselves to his help and healing we can break out of the cycle of rejection that we are caught in and that doesn't mean that if we break out of the cycle that we won't ever be rejected again.
0: (laughs) That would be nice.
1: (laughs) We live in a sinful world. But it means that we're not drawing and inviting extra rejections our way. because And we're healthy and we're free. We're not in bondage to those things that have happened in the past. Um, And so really to break out of the rejection cycle, which I'll be talking more about in our our next um, podcast episode, we forgive those who hurt us. We ask forgiveness of those we've hurt. And when new hurts and offenses come up, we refuse to retaliate. Right. Or comfort ourselves with wrong thinking about them or ourselves. We turn to God, and we even bless and do good to our enemies. Um, mm-hmm. Luke 627 36 says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you and if you skip down a little bit further in the passage it says um, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for he himself is kind to
0: ungrateful
1: and evil men thank you
0: Jesus Um. There's really so much to think about, so I'm glad that we're doing this in a three-part series because this could be kind of heavy. They're like, okay, I've been rejected. Let me get healed. So, I think it's it's going to be good to revisit this topic week after week and again, go back and read the articles too, but um, you know, there are going to be times when we do have to confront, we do have to, you know, deal with the situation and that's not what you're talking about here. So. What would you leave us with in conclusion? We've heard about the rejection cycle. What can we do? What's, our, what's our, um, our thought as we kind of head into another episode? Right. Well, that's an important point that you bring up is that often we think of forgiveness
1: as not saying the hard thing, mm-hmm. not going to the person and saying, you really hurt me, or not confronting someone on the wrong. You know, often we view forgiveness as just this passive. We just lay down weak. and be yeah. a doormat. Mm-hmm. That's not really what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is letting go of our need for revenge. It's letting go of what we feel is due us, and saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna release you into God's hands and let God take care of." And you know, this may make me a really self-centered person, mm-hmm. but one thing that has, I, you know, has been helping me as. I've had, you know, really hard things have happened and really, really trials have popped up where I just don't want to forget the person. And I think to myself, do I want this to ruin me? Do I want this to destroy me? You know, I think that it can be very heavy, but when we look at the reason God wants us to forgive, it's so we can be free and that we can let Him take care of it. And He will indeed take care of it. And it's in praying about that issue that we can really know, okay, do I need to say something here as far as you really hurt me here or address this issue with this person or do we just need to let it go? And I'm just going to say, there are some situations that I wanted to be the one. I wanted to point out every wrong thing that person (laughs) did. You did this. You did this. And I wanted to have that conversation so bad and God said, no, no. I just (laughs) knew it wasn't the right thing in that situation. Let it
0: go. But then there have been other situations where, yeah, it's been the right thing to go. Have that conversation. So I've seen that funny sign it says, Lord, put your arm around your sh- my shoulder and your hand over my mouth. <laughs> I'm like, I think that needs to be us sometimes. So leave us with an encouraging word, Carol.
1: Right. So hard although harder initially, this refusal to retaliate against our enemies and insistence on blessing and forgiving those who hurt us keeps our mind
0: and bodies at peace and out of torment and distress. So Amen. I'm going to pray that God will help us act on all of this because it's certainly the acting that's the most difficult part. Lord, we love you so much, Jesus. Carol and I, both as women, as emotional women, as expressive women, um, I know have both suffered our share of rejection, and it's something that is never going to be, um, as long as we're humans, we're on this earth, and as long as especially we're women, we're going to get deeply connected with people, which means that we get more deeply hurt. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, I'm thinking of situations in my own life, Lord, that we would be able to say, you know what, I have confronted, I have said what needs to be said, Lord, let me move on. Um, And that we would not continue to perpetuate a cycle that is only going to make us people that others don't want to be around. And that is going to inadvertently bring more rejection, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that as we dive further into this topic, Lord, that those who are listening, Lord, would begin to experience what Carol just said, which is peace in their minds and their bodies, God, that we would release even the physical tension that comes from being a person who feels rejected and has acted on that rejection. And that, God, that you would help us to break this cycle because you, with your help, God, we can move mountains, Lord, including the mountain of rejection. Thank you for who you are and everything you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.